Welcome to our study of Hebrews chapter 7. Who is Melchizedek? The author to the book of Hebrews talks about Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the Most High God. He's the man who met Abraham and blessed Abraham. And he's the man to whom Abraham paid tithes. Now someone will say, hey, wait a minute, where do you get this matter of this man Melchizedek being a man? The Bible tells us in verse 3, he is without father or mother or genealogy and has neither beginning of days nor end of life. How can he be a man if he doesn't have any parents? Well, we need to understand this in the context of the Bible. There's a clue in verse 3 that the writer doesn't mean that he has no human origin. And the clue is, without father or mother or genealogy. If he didn't have a father or mother, why would he bring up genealogy? Of course he wouldn't have a genealogy. And that's the point. He is saying, in the Old Testament, you will find no mention of his father or his mother, or his genealogy. You won't find anything about his birth, and you won't find anything about his death. He's like the Son of God. He continues like a priest forever. So the writer here is not claiming that he's not a human being. He's claiming nothing is written in the record, the Holy Scriptures, about this man. And that is important to the Jews because the Jews always went by what was in the scriptures. Now, for example, back in Ezra's time, there were men who claimed they came from the priestly family, but they couldn't prove their genealogy. Listen to it in Ezra chapter 2, verse 62. Now, we're talking about people who were taken captive by Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon. And these people returned to Jerusalem and to Judea, to their own towns. And it says in verse 62 of chapter 2, they searched for their family records, but they could not find them. And so they were excluded from the priesthood as unclean. The governor ordered them not to eat any of the most sacred food until there was a priest ministering with the Urim and Thummim. Now, these men wanted to be priests. They said they came from priestly family, and they were servants. Their family had been servants of Solomon, but they couldn't prove it by the genealogy. This was important to the Jews. Only those who were descendants of the tribe of Levi and in the family of Aaron could qualify as priests, and these men could not prove it. Now, I think that's the point that the writer to the Hebrews is making here. Melchizedek doesn't have any genealogy in the scriptures. He has no father in the scriptures, no mother. Doesn't tell us his birthplace or when he was born or when he died or if he died. Now, the point of the writer to the Hebrews is that Melchizedek illustrates eternity. He has no beginning and no end. And keep in mind that genealogy was a requirement for serving in the priesthood of Aaron. But this man is of another order, not the Aaronic priesthood. God somehow brought him on the scene, and he's a priest of the Most High God. 
We don't know any more about it than what is written here and in Genesis 14 and one mention in Psalm 110. We don't know any more about it, so we can't speculate, but God had him on the scene to prefigure Jesus Christ, and the author is going to point that out. Now, the first ten verses of this chapter present the superiority of Melchizedek over other priests of the Old Testament, and he tells us that Melchizedek resembles the Son of God. Now, see how he makes the similarities between these two persons. First of all, there's the name and the title given in verse 1. But in verse 2, he explains the order as having great significance. He is king of righteousness first, then king of peace. It couldn't be the other way around. And the writer is very careful on lifting from the Old Testament this order. Keep in mind that there can be no peace on earth until the righteous king comes back. Nor can there be peace in my heart until God declares me righteous and imputes to me the righteousness of his Son, Jesus Christ. The Scriptures declare that, Romans 5.1, Therefore, being justified by faith, justified means declared righteous, therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. The author is extremely careful here, even picky, about the order of the words in Genesis 14, and he repeats them here. You see, the repetition is in verse 2. He is first, by translation of his name, king of righteousness, and then he is also king of Salem, that is, king of peace. Why the repetition of the titles? What's the author's point? He points out that first he comes with a name meaning righteousness, and since he is explaining how Christ came after the order of Melchizedek, and there's a resemblance that exists between the two of them, he wants to tell us that Jesus came first to be our righteousness, then also the one who brings us peace with God. Now, that's a personal application. He is the righteousness of God given to us. Christ is the righteousness revealed apart from the law, and he is the reason why God can justify us as a gift by his grace through the redemption which is in Christ Jesus. Romans 3.22 tells us that there is a righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. This is why the New Testament insists that a man is justified by faith apart from the works of the law. Abraham was declared righteous by God through faith, and that declaration was not intended only for him. It's also for us, according to Romans 4. The end of the chapter tells us that. It's for us also who believe in the one sent by God. Now, Romans 4, 5 tells us, that there is a righteousness available for the one who does not work. We have thought the opposite. We thought we had to work in order to please God and to earn righteousness. However, when one believes God, who justifies the ungodly, 
His faith is counted as righteousness, but not because of his good works, rather because he stopped working. He stopped depending on good works. Now Hebrews 7 verse 2 tells us that before Jesus Christ can be your peace, he must first become your righteousness before God. And before Jesus Christ will take the office of king to rule this world in peace, he first had to give himself as a sacrifice, pleasing to God, bearing our sins, so we could have his righteousness credited to us. Nothing but faith causes that to happen. Faith alone, only faith in him, and faith apart from dependence on works, does that. It's a faith righteousness instead of works righteousness. God has rejected the latter. Now we want to read on, beginning with verse 4. He writes, See how great he is, talking about Melchizedek. Abraham the patriarch gave him a tithe of the spoils, and those descendants of Levi who received the priestly office have a commandment in the law to take tithes from the people, that is, from their brethren, though these also are descended from Abraham. But this man, who has not their genealogy, received tithes from Abraham and blessed him who had the promises. It is beyond dispute that the inferior is blessed by the superior. Here tithes are received by mortal men, there by one of whom it is testified that he lives. One might even say that Levi himself, who receives tithes, paid tithes through Abraham, for he was still in the loins of his ancestor when Melchizedek met him. The author here is attempting to show how much greater this man Melchizedek is than Abraham. Well, any time you brought any character on the scene who is greater than Abraham would be very impressive to the Jews because Abraham is the father of the whole Jewish nation. All the Jews honor him, and they call themselves children of Abraham. Now here in verse 4, he tells us that Abraham paid a tithe of the spoils to this man who is a priest forever of the Most High God. Well, that indicates that Abraham recognized in Melchizedek a great person, someone who was serving God, and there was no doubt about it in his mind, else he would not have done it. Now, some people have taken this and said, well, since Abraham tithed, we ought to tithe. We have often said that tithing is a part of the law, and that the law does not apply to the Christian, and the tithe is not the Christian way of giving. And, of course, that's true. The law required tithing, but it wasn't only 10%. It was far more than that. It was at least 20% because there were two tithes and possibly a third tithe every third year, which would add up to 23%. Now, it says here that he gave him a tithe. That would be a tenth. Of what? Of his income? No. Of the loot which he captured in the battle. 
Never does the Bible say that Abraham ever paid tithes any other time. And if you want to make an application here and say, since Abraham paid tithes, then the application would be, well, when God causes me to win a victory over some enemy and I get a lot of loot from that battle, then I'll pay a tithe too. But this has nothing to do with a man's income and it has nothing to do with regular giving. If you want to know how to give, go to the book of Corinthians and learn how the grace of God teaches us to give. Listen to Second Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6. Now this I say, He who sows sparingly shall also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully shall also reap bountifully. Let each one do just as he has purposed in his heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. What is the rule for giving? Whatever you purpose in your heart, and don't do it under compulsion. If someone says, we have to have this money, you can disqualify yourself by saying, that's putting me under a burden. That's causing me to do it grudgingly or compelling me to do it. God loves a cheerful giver. And if you can't give cheerfully, you're not giving the way God wants you to give. And tithing is not necessarily a cheerful way of giving. It's a command. And people are threatened that they are robbing God if they don't do it. Well, the New Testament doesn't teach that. The Radio Bible Course is an independent Bible teaching ministry. We're grateful for friends and listeners who keep us on the air. Until tomorrow, this is Nick Calipota reminding you that the word gospel means good news.